0: Greetings. This is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. Yes, I am back better than ever, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I wanna talk about Let It Go. Yes, let it go. This is a teaching podcast. I want you to grab your Bibles and something to write with as you may want to take some notes today. As I was preparing for this show, Let It Go, I was thinking about some things in my own life, and I know how difficult it is to let some things go. I've been there, and many times when I tell people that I'm a pastor and a church leader, I think they have this strange notion that pastors don't go through anything. Like we have a direct line to God that no one else has, and that's simply not true. So today I want to share with you two stories. One is my own, and another one I think will bless you as well, because it definitely has some real life things that I'm sure someone has gone through But when I read it, I said, yeah, I have to use this other story for this particular show as well. Let me start off like this before I give the scripture as I generally do on each and every episode. When I started my church, there were some things that, you know, I had going on in my life that, you know, anybody would go through I had moved to a new city a new state had a new son and things were definitely exciting but there were some things that I was concerned about you know in terms of moving to a place I had never been before and wondering what God was going to do through me in this ministry and as we begin to start our church, we started out in the community center and for about nine months, no one showed up. I mean, it was really crazy and I said, well, Lord, I know you called me to do this, but man, you didn't tell me for nine months we were not going to have anybody in the services. But my wife and I, we plowed through, we encouraged one another, and we began to see some sparingly growth along the way. It wasn't what we thought we would see, but to be completely honest, when you're moving to a place that nobody knows you, these things take time. It takes time to build a church. It takes time for things to come together, for people to to know where you are. And location is everything in terms of what God wants to do in your life, because the reality is, is that people need to find you and you can be anointed and appointed and all these other things. But if people simply cannot find your ministry or church, most people are not going to drive around 15, 20 minutes to find a church anyway, like they would a fast food restaurant or a mall or anything like that. And so when we started out again, we were definitely excited. And as those days became months and those months became years, around about the third or fourth year, God began to really cause our church to grow to the degree that I began to look for another building for our ministry. And around about year four, we moved to the downtown area in the city where I lived. It was prime real estate. It was prime location. And we were excited. And at that time, we had about 30 people. And again, I told you, it takes a long time to really build a ministry. And so as we began to just stay faithful to God at that new place that we were at, I specifically remember signing a one-year lease because I really wanted to see what this new location was going to do. And I didn't want to get into a long-term situation. So the people that we leased from, they consented to a one-year lease. And when I tell you, things began to happen. Within one year, we went from 30, then we went from 30 to 50, and then we went from 50 to 75, and then we went from 75 to about 100 people. We were doing about three quarters of that amount on a Wednesday, and so things were really looking up for us. I mean, God was blessing us financially. He was blessing us with new families, and it was at that time that I said to myself, man, this church is really going to be something. can really see the hand of god moving in our midst and at that time i contributed the growth to my church based on the location because where we were you know we were in a park and you know we were in a wooded area and it not necessarily was the easiest place to find but people found us nonetheless and so when we begin to grow In the downtown area where we were, things were really happening. I mean, souls were being saved, people were being baptized, people were joining the ministry. I mean, it was just excitement in my heart, and I can just sense the presence of the Lord moving in our services, and anybody that has ever pastored before, you know the feeling of when you look at something that God has given you and you birthed, not to mention I moved about 600 miles one way just to start this ministry. I didn't come for a change of weather, change of pace. I didn't come because people were running me out of town and I needed a new place to start up. I was doing this at the behest of the calling of the Lord. It was an Abraham move, and that is the only reason I came to this area. So, most definitely, I was excited and jubilant, and man, it was just a wonderful time. Well, As six months came, seven months came, eight months, nine months, 10 months, we were still growing. And then remember, I signed the lease for one year. Well, I remember succinctly that the person, my leasing manager, she connected with me because the year lease was almost over. And for me, it was a no-brainer. We were going to re-sign again again. And this time it was going to be for about a three-year lease because I knew that this was the place that I believed that God had called us to be. What do you do when you know that a place where you at is where God has called you to be, but the people, the leasing company or people that you're dealing with didn't get the same memo? So as we began to sit down and negotiate and talk about some things, the lady said, we accept all the terms, but all I need to do is talk to the owner and he has to sign off on this. And if he does, we have a goal. And there was nothing in my mind that thought that we would not get a signature from him. And this was probably about a week before our lease was going to terminate. But again, I wasn't concerned because I thought everything was good. Well, I got a call from the owner of the building and he wanted to meet with me to show me another location. And when I thought about that, I said, man, this is not good. Why would he want to show me another location? When this is the place that I've been, this is the place that I want to stay, I didn't really feel comfortable about this. So I met him and he showed me this place. And man, when I tell you this place was a dump, it was half the size of the building we were in. It had no parking. I mean, it was just a mess. It was trashed on the inside. And he's trying to sell this place as a place that we could actually buy and go into. And I didn't want it. It was not what I believe God was giving me and what we were at. And, you know, even though, you know, we were bringing in money from the church, it just was not what I believed God was doing in our midst. And so I told the guy, I said, listen, I said, I appreciate you showing me this space, but we don't want it. We'll just go back to where we were. And, you know, if you just sign the lease, we'll just move on in this relationship. And we paid on time. We did everything we said we were going to do. There was no reasons in my mind why he wouldn't sign the lease. So at that time, he said to me, when we were in that building, he showed me, he said, well, you can't go back to the place that you were leasing. And I said, why? And he said, because we've decided to go in another direction. Now, remember now, this was about a week before my lease was going to be terminated. My church is growing. People are coming. This is an established place. And so I'm thinking, why would you tell me a week before my lease was going to terminate? And I asked my leasing manager, I said, well, did you know about this? And she said, I didn't know. And she said, I got blindsided as well. So I want y'all to think about this, man. I was mad. I was heated. I was angry. I was despondent. And I was like, what is this? I couldn't let it go. I was so upset because I couldn't realize and understand this is just not how you do business with people. I told the guy, I said, listen, man, I got a church. And I said, you know how difficult it is to find a place in this city. It's not very many vacant places. This is not necessarily a place where there are old relics where you can remodel and make something a church. I said, man, we got nowhere to go. And so I'm thinking, I got so many thoughts, y'all, running through my head about what are we going to do in the midst of me just wanting to smack this guy? Yes, the pastor wanted to smack this guy. I was just mad because I said, you string me along and I'm putting all the pieces together. I said, man, no wonder you waited a week before my lease was going to terminate because your whole intention the whole time, as far as I was concerned, was not to re-sign my lease. And so he was like, well, you know, I realize this is an inconvenience, so we'll give you two weeks to be out of the building. But I'm sorry, we're not going to re-sign the lease. And I'm telling you, I could not let it go. Not to mention, I got to stand before my congregation and tell them after I said to them that there shouldn't be any issue with the lease. We're going to stay here another two to three years. Things are going to happen for us everybody was excited. I couldn't get any sleep. When I prayed, I was just frustrated because I just felt like I was done wrong. And in my estimation, I was because they could have told me this at the beginning of the month and gave me an opportunity to look for a place. Remember, I said to you, what do you do when you know this is where God wants you to be and the people don't know? whether you're leasing from with a situation in your life, God has told you, but they didn't get the memo. And that's how I felt. And so subsequently we had to leave that place And I had to find a temporary place. And a good friend of mine let us have service there for about a month. And then we were able to find a place. But that was another inconvenience because we had to move our service back to 3 p.m. for a whole month. Again, my church is growing things. There are so many moving pieces. But we found a place. And this time, this place was going to be our own place. Places I was leasing from, it's not necessarily our place. It was a place that we could go in and we had a key and things of that nature. But this was going to be a home after all the stuff that I had been through and trying to navigate a very young church and help them to understand God has something better. But the reality is, I was just as hurt as the people. But I'm the pastor, I'm the leader. I got to be able to lead in tough times. I got to be able to encourage them when I need encouragement for myself. We moved into this new building, but things were not the same. The people were connected to the location that was downtown. We had moved probably about 15 minutes from this new location. Moved about 15 minutes from where we once were. And so for me, I was like, well, everything is going to be good. We're just going to pick up from where we left off. But those days became weeks. Those weeks became about a year. And I saw a dwindle in my congregation in one year. And I was baffled and I was upset and I was angry and I was frustrated. And the reality is not only was I mad with them, I was mad with God. I couldn't let it go. Because one of the things in my mind was, God, you know how hard it is to do this work for you. How could you let this happen? And I was blame deflecting. I was like, it's their fault. It's your fault. And watch this. Who are you going to deal with when you're mad with God? Think about that. God is the greatest power in the universe. See, God is not upset that we're mad with him. But what he wants us to see and understand that this is not all That you're making this out to be. But at that time, I could not come to grips with anything. And after I had been in that situation a year, after they told us we couldn't come back, the reality is, is that I was left with the rubble. I was left with a ministry that had declined and I associated what they did and the fact that what I went through afterwards with why my church wasn't growing. I got to be honest with you, I probably would not have given this a second thought had we moved to that new location and we began to explode with great growth. But because we didn't, Because things didn't turn out to be what I thought that they were going to be. I'm left holding an empty bag with holes in it. And I'm trying to navigate and help my church understand what is happening. And I'm thinking, are they mad with me? that I do something wrong? And I mean, I'm carrying something that God is saying is not your fault. It's something they did. But I'm mad at everybody. I mean, I am steaming. I don't know that my members knew at that time, but my wife knew, my close friends knew that I shared with them. And so these are the things that I was dealing with. One of the things I should have done then that I realize now, I should have gone to God and said, Lord, this is not going to stop me. This is not going to hinder what you said. What they did, yes, it caused a temporary problem, it caused me to be forced out of a situation. But you're God and you're going to make something good out of this bad situation. But that was not my mindset. And that's the thing what I want to tell you when we talk about letting it go. It's so difficult to let things go when you don't believe anything better is coming. And for me, yes, I was excited that we had gotten a new place because we couldn't go back to the old place. But the people were not. And I was dragging them, encouraging them as I'm trying to encourage myself. Because in my mind, I said, okay, you know what? They did us wrong, but God blessed us. Yes, we had to temporarily move into another church and just our time, but that's okay. We got a new place, but it didn't turn out that way. And again, had my church grown after we had gotten the new facility after being kicked out, I would have still been upset. But we would have still grown if things had happened that way, but they didn't. And so I couldn't let it go. And as a young pastor, those were the growing pains that I had. Because I was looking at this situation and saying, man, Lord, look at what I sacrificed. I didn't come down here for anything but to do what you called me to do. And I don't care what anybody says. Nobody can prepare you for these kinds of situations. Always tell young pastors, pastoring is on-the-job training. There's so many things that are going to be thrown at you that you are not prepared for. It is for your growth, but you can't fall out with God. You can't be upset with God because he's really the only one that understands. And I had to grow from that situation. Eventually, I let it go because I was able to allow God to minister to. And I'm upset with this job you told me to take. And the job went out of business and this, that, and the third. There are some things in the will of God that will happen to you. But the reality is, it's not over. I thought it was over for me because I was saying, man, this thing after four years is finally going to be what God said and then trouble knocked on my door. And I just couldn't deal with it because I didn't understand. Thankfully, again, I grew from that. And I was able to spend some time with God. And he helped me to see that when things happen that are not of your making, know that I'm still going to do what I have promised. I can guarantee you this, if my mind set, after things had happened and we lost a lot of people in that transition, if I had a gone to God right then and really poured my heart out, things could have probably turned around for me in that location that we were in, that the people were leaving after we had gotten kicked out. But the reality is I didn't do what I was supposed to do and so I had to own that. God wasn't mad with me, but he had to teach me, and he had to show me things. See, when you don't let things go, you go into a new situation with the same old mindset. You got the residue of the past on you. When people do you wrong, and it was not your fault, when a marriage goes bad, when a business deal sours, when a business partner steals all your money and runs off and goes to another city and state and town and you can't collect and now you can't pay your bills, your mortgage gets behind. Man, I understand. But the reality is this, and it's difficult, but we have to understand God still has a plan. And if we can quickly make in our head, if we can quickly assess the situation and not allow that situation to get in our hearts, something supernatural can happen for you. God can turn around a situation that was meant to destroy you and kill you. And you can stand on that same situation and be elevated and promoted. And so I'm thankful now that I had to go through that. I wasn't at the time because I was angry Here's a scripture that I want to read to you before I give you the second story. In Proverbs chapter 4, starting at verse number 25, and we'll conclude at verse number 27. Notice what it says. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right. Or the left, keep your foot from evil. This is a direct word from God. Had I really understood that back then, many times, saints, we don't keep our eyes straight ahead because we're looking back, seeing all that passed us by, looking back, lamenting and in grief and in pain about the relationship, about the person that left us, about the person that did us wrong, and we can't forgive, and we're bitter, and we haven't become better and we're angry, and we're revengeful, but we can't do that. We got to keep our eyes focused, carefully give some thought to the path that your feet is on, and stay steadfast in all your ways. See, this is what Jesus did. Jesus was able to understand for the joy that was set before him, he could endure the cross. How could he do that with all the pain and the agony and people spitting in his face and calling him names? I mean, he went through all of this and didn't deserve it. And he was able to say, I got joy in my heart because I know this situation is for my making. I know this is a purpose in this. And see, when we go through things and it's for a purpose, we come out better. But when we look at this and say, there is no purpose in what I'm going through. This is just something that is just going to make life worse. It is something that is going to cause me to be even more mad and frustrated. But that's not it. God is really trying to help you to understand something about his will. God's will is not automatic and we have to seek his will. But what I want you to know is if you continue to keep your hand in God's hand, And if you don't allow the situation to go through you and ruin all that God is doing in your life, it's a temporary hiccup. I'm not saying it's easy. It was not easy for me because people always tell you to get over something that they're not going. They always tell you to let go of something, but they're not feeling what you're feeling. But the reality is what you're going through right now, if it's causing you to be bitter and angry and upset, that's not the will of God. You being hurt and non-trusting of relationships That's not the will of God. How can God do something new for you and you still in the old mindset? I'm asking you today to let it go after you spend some time with God and he shows you the error of your ways. He shows you where you went wrong. So Proverbs chapter four can really be your scripture that you can look straight ahead and fix your gaze on God. And understand and know that no weapon that's formed against you is not going to prosper. It may form, but it's not going to knock you out of the box. Listen now to this second story. One day, a man got into his automobile and he started driving in the wrong direction. And ahead, he had a collision with a party in another car. In this accident, a young 18-year-old girl was killed. And the family of this girl sued this man and won $1.5 million in a lawsuit. But watch this. Instead of taking the money, the family settled for $936. Yes, $936. Now, the reason they settled for that amount is that they had something specific in matter that they wanted to do. They wanted this man who had been drunk to remember what he had done. Notice what they wanted him to do. They wanted this guy to write out a check in the name of the girl he had killed for $1 each week and send it to the family. Really? You would think that a settlement of $936 would be a good deal in the light of $1.5 million. And at first paying the $1 a week was easy for this guy. But after a while, Writing a check in the name of this girl had began to kill him and dominate his thoughts. Every week, he went into a depression thinking about the girl he had killed. And for the other family, that's exactly what they wanted. Notice now that after years of this, he finally quit making the payments. The family took him back to court and ordered him to resume making payments. And then the last six or seven years, he just quit making payments altogether. He just couldn't do it. And every time they would take him back to court and he would try to resume making payments. Notice they couldn't let it go and he couldn't let it go and move on because it was a constant reminder of every check he had to write. And so the family said that they were not angry anymore. They were not mad anymore. They just wanted to remind him of what he had done. Now, if you think about this, the family was in bondage as well as the man. Again, because every week he got to write out this check and then you know, send it. And he knows the next week is coming. He got to do the same thing over and over again. It just becomes senseless. And I realized that this family was dealing with grief and they were mad and they were angry and upset. But at some point they were not mad anymore. They were not upset anymore, but they couldn't let it go either because they wanted this man was to feel their pain and he was feeling their pain. So notice what happens. This man now is suing the family for what he calls cruel and unusual punishment. Wow. Because he was just tired. He's like, I can't move on. He said, this is killing me. It's destroying my life. I can never put the past behind me and let it go. And in this story, I got to admit, there are a lot of Christians who feel the same way, the same kind of judgment. They were told that Jesus paid it all, but still feel as if they are making a weekly payment of religious duties because God will not accept them. And here's what I want to tell you. Same thing I told you in my story. I couldn't let it go because of what was going on in my mind and in my head. Because I just was like, God, this is just not fair. I can't let it go. And the same thing in this story. They just could not let it go. And he wanted to let it go, but he couldn't let it go because it was a constant reminder. And again, I realized, and I've been told that the worst kind of death is when you are a parent and a child dies. I don't ever want to go through that. I don't ever want to deal with that ever in my life. I don't want you to deal with that. But the reality is... Sometimes these things happen. Somebody gets in a car and they're drunk. No, they shouldn't have done it. The man goes the wrong way and he kills this innocent girl. And now the family is left with the rubble. They're left with broken pieces. They are left trying to put their life back together. Their daughter is not coming home. Just like I could not go back to that building where I was experiencing a move of God, where I was experiencing the things that God had promised. But when these things happen, we have to really look at the heart of God and say, Lord, I am hurting. See, because we many times don't seek God when we're hurting. We just continue to stay hurt. And then we are living with all kind of pain and regret and things spiral out of control. Some people turn to alcohol. They turn to drugs. They turn to sex. They turn to all these other things because they are hurting. And I get it. But that's not the will of God. God still has a plan for your life. God still had a plan for my life. God still want to do what he promised he would do. God never said that these things would not happen in our life. He never said that people wouldn't get killed, that we love, they wouldn't die prematurely. He didn't say that we would never get sick, but he does have provisions in his word for these things. And so we've got to really look at this for the way that it is and say, I'm going to let it go because I can't continue to live like this. Some of you got to let it go. You can't continue to stay mad forever. It's wearing on your health. You don't look the way you did before. Your outlook is jaded. You don't trust people. You don't even trust yourself. You're buried in your home. You used to be outgoing and things have happened to you because of an incident that leads to another incident that leads to another incident. And I'm saying there's freedom for you. By the grace of God, by the power of God, let it go. But you gotta go to God because he's the only one that can help you make sense of it so that you can let it go. You just can't let this go by an act of your own will. The power of God has to intervene so that you are willing to let it go. Because the reality is, let's just be honest, some of us are just not willing to let things go. We are not willing to move on. Again, sometimes we're just not willing to let it go because we don't think anything better is coming. And I'm telling you, the will of God is still there. The plan of God is still there. What he promised you is still there. Let it go. By the grace of God, I beg you today, Because I've been there and it is no good thing. I've been in a bunch of other situations too in my life. But I can tell you that when I really learned that nothing can derail me, nothing can stop me. No matter what a man, a woman, an organization tried to do to me, it's not strong enough for my God still knows how he's going to get me to the promised land. And he still knows how he's going to get you to the promised land. Hold on and let go. Hold on to God and let go of the past. You deserve to have the life God has promised you. And when we really look at this for what it is, with the tears rolling down our face, maybe with the things that we still don't understand, we're able to really realize that, God, I've held myself up for far too long. I've got to give myself another opportunity for you to be God in my life. And that is my prayer for you. But that's all that I want to share with you today. I pray that these stories blessed you. I really do. And if they did, I want you to send me an email. You can shoot me that email today at info at Info at thomasadeloach.com. You can go to my website at thomasadeloach.com, and on the homepage, there is a subscriber box. I want you to put your email in there and click the send button and I will send you a free PDF. We are going to at some point here make some changes to our website so that I can connect with you a little longer, making sure that our user design is something that you will feel comfortable with because I really want to connect with you. And finally, if you are being blessed by these particular shows and you want to financially partner with me, I want to urge you to do it today. Go back to my website at thomasadeloach.com. Scroll all the way down, almost to the bottom of the screen, and there is a donation tab. Click that button and you can give to your heart's desire. No dollar amount is too big or too small. And remember that everything that you give goes for the production of this show, it does cost me to come on and talk to you. So if you are being blessed, and I believe that many of you are, I want you to consider sowing into good ground. And I promise you, according to the scripture, when you give, you will most certainly reap. Listen, I want you to let it go by the grace of God. Spend some time with the Lord this week. Pray because your will and God's will are connected together He's not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. And the longer you stay in this rut, you can't move on with the rest of your life. Again, I'm praying for you, believing God's best for you. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be, be empowered. empowered.